You're listening to the official podcast of Oasis Community Church, where everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, and anything's possible. If you'd like to learn more about Oasis, request prayer, or get in touch with a pastor, visit our website at oasischurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Well, good morning, everyone. It is, it's a lot of fun, and uh, I know it might seem a little uh, self-indulgent for us to, to play so much with this, but... Uh, but God has given us joy, and there's a lot of truth that we find in this kind of storytelling. Uh, truth that really lines up quite well with what we heard today from the epistle of 1 John. That God is love, and that to, to know God is to know love, and that we love because God first loved us, and that now our love for one another is evidence that that we are loved by God and that we are kind of experiencing that and then now expressing that uh, with others. Sometimes that love might be kind of realized in our fellowship. Uh, fellowship is, a, is an old kind of word that's been used a lot in Christian circles. Often it was related to eating, right? We used to have a lot of fellowships when I was growing up. We had a section in the church that was called the Fellowship Hall, Anybody have a fellowship hall in the church they grew up in? And of course, that's where you ate, right? And that's what you had. Uh, another word for fellowship might be uh, community, right? That we're committed to one another, right? We've made a, we made a vow of stability. This is, this is not just somebody else's church. This is our church. Now, we know it's the church of Jesus Christ, yes. But it's our church. It's where we come. In fact, community, I like to say, is our middle name, right? Oasis Community Church, <laughs> In that case, church is our last name and Oasis is our first name. So we typically introduce ourselves with our first name. We are Oasis. We rarely go by our middle name, which is community. But that, I thought that was funnier in my head. I imagined you all laughing at that one. All right, enough, enough sidebars. So today um, we're going to look at this idea of love, this idea of fellowship, this idea of community. But we're going to use a particular rubric by which to understand it called spiritual friendship. Now, the best I can tell, that phrase spiritual friendship was first used by Elrod of Raveau. He was a 12th century monk in Yorkshire, England, uh, which is where uh, I studied when I was overseas. It's where Hannah was born. She's a little Yorkshire lass. Um, but but uh, the abbot there of the um, monastery, he used this phrase spiritual friendship to talk about kind of who we are as the people of God and, and maybe even more so just who we are as people, like what we're actually made for. And um, of, of the various films that talk about friendship, one of my favorite is, and, and I, I referred to it earlier as a trilogy, but I was corrected, I guess there's been four uh, Toy Stories. So I'm a traditionalist, so in my canon, there's only three Toy Stories, and this fourth one that came out recently is part of the Apocrypha. But if you, if you prefer, if you prefer, we can say that there's a quartet. I haven't actually even seen the last one. But at least in the first three, right, um, there's a lot to do about friendship, right? And we'll, we'll talk more about this in, in a minute, but... But the, the, the toys in this story are friends with one another. And um, it's difficult maybe to point to any, particularly in the first film, any one small scene where you actually see them befriending one another because 
the movie's really, really about the process of friendship. And in the process of friendship, you experience kind of highs and lows. You experience kind of uh, close space and distance. You realize that part of what it means to be a friend is to, um, is to care for someone who's different than you. And the way we do this in film is when we want to kind of show a development from kind of one point in the story to another or one part of a person's life or a character's life to another, we place it in a montage, right? And the montage kind of, you get to watch one thing but kind of hear another and you see the development of your character. And so one of the main characters in the story is Woody. He's this kind of toy cowboy. And um, he, of course, is utterly devoted to his, his owner, Andy. Um, but then a new toy is, is given, Buzz Lightyear. And so now uh, he's having to negotiate his relationship uh, with Andy and the other toys vis-a-vis -vis his relationship with the new toy, uh, Buzz Lightyear. And there's this particular uh, montage in the film, kind of towards the front of the film, that kind of expresses this so well. And I'd like for us to take a look at that. So I think there, there, there are at least four things that we could highlight about what uh, friendship, in particular spiritual friendship, is like. I think spiritual friendships are needed. I, I think they're discovered. They're, they're not made. I think they are developed, though, and, and I think they, they last forever. So we'll, we'll talk about each of those in just a bit. So needed. So what does it mean to talk about friendship being needed? So we all need friends. But sometimes I think we imagine that needing a friend has to do something about our inadequacies. That couldn't be farther from the truth. Before humans ever participated in any kind of sin, right? When they had all of their needs met, right? When the original human was like in a garden and had kind of this, this kind of um, unmediated relationship with God, that first human kind of needed a companion. So the need of friendship is not part of the fallen world. The need of friendship is part of the created world. If I can differentiate between how God created things to be and then nature, which is kind of how things are now, but they are kind of marred by brokenness and sin. So there are various needs we might have now that are more a result of the brokenness of the world. But friendship is not one of those. Friendship is how we were made. We were made to be with others. And I, and I, I want us to hold on to that. It's not an inadequacy in you that makes you need a friend. It's just how we were made. We were made for it. And that, that need, of course, um, is, it, well, is forever, right? It, it kind of lasts forever. Now, just because um, we need friends doesn't necessarily always mean that we are a good friend or the lack of friendship is not necessarily sometimes on us because we are broken people and sometimes we hurt others instead of bless others and, and uh, sometimes we aren't very good friends. Now that's part of the brokenness in the world. But, but the initial need of it is, is kind of rooted into how God has, has made us. 
God has made us for communion. He has made us for fellowship. And I, I want you to kind of hold on to that idea. Another, another aspect of friendship, I think, is that it is discovered. And what I mean by this is that it's not just made of our own intention. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we were kind of talking about uh, joy or happiness. And we, we said then that like, trying to obtain happiness rarely results in obtaining happiness. It's one of those things that if you try and get it, you're never quite there. In fact, the way you get happiness is you kind of reach for meaningfulness. And in a meaningful life, happiness kind of comes along. I think friendship is much the same way. We don't obtain friendship by trying to get friends. Because trying to get friends ends up kind of treating the friend as an object. Right? That's something I'm getting, as opposed to kind of treating the friend as a, as a subject. Uh, one of the oldest kind of commentaries on friendship was written by Cicero, and he says that what makes friends is not necessarily some kind of affection between two people, but that they share a common affection. Right? That's how friendships kind of get made. Right? So, like, two people enjoy going to the movies, and they love the movies, and so they're, they're going to the movies together. Or, or two people enjoy music, and so they're kind of either making music or listening to music, and so then they start doing that together. Or people enjoy baseball, right? They enjoy playing it or they're watching it, and they have some shared affection in common. Um, C.S. Lewis would, would say something very similar, really, in The Four Loves, that it's common affection that holds us together. Now, for Woody and Buzz, their common affection would be Andy, right? They both love Andy, and all those toys realize that they kind of exist for, for kind of Andy's enjoyment. I, I'm not sure if everybody's familiar with the Westminster Catechism. I went to a Presbyterian college, so I'm very familiar with the Westminster Catechism. I once had to memorize all 114 questions and answers. We won't go over those today, but... Um, you're happy to hear that, I guess. Um, but the very first question and answer of the Westminster Catechism, the question is this. That's how, it, it's how people are taught, right? There's a, a question is said and you learn the answer. The question is, what is the chief end or what is the purpose of a human being? And the answer is to love God and enjoy God forever. Like the purpose of being human is to love God and enjoy God forever. God in a spiritual friendship God is the subject that the friends share in common. Like sharing is an important part of friendship and sharing the common affection is, is how friendships happen. So that's what I mean by they are, they are discovered. We just don't kind of do it ourselves. We've, it's like we find it. And what we're finding is this kind of desire that God has placed in our hearts and then we find that similar desire that has been placed in someone else's heart. And then when we share that common affection, it brings us now together. So friendships are needed. It's how God has made us. Friendships are uh, discovered. Now, when we say they're discovered, though, that doesn't mean that we don't um, participate, like that we don't offer some kind of significant contribution to friendship. 
Like, it's not like, oh, look, I found this thing and now it's valuable and I, I'm in possession of this valuable thing. But rather, it's, it's, like, it's like we're nurturing something, right? So it's like having a raw material that's discovered, right? We've discovered um, gold or we've discovered copper or we've discovered, um, oh, what, what's the ore in the Lord of the Rings that Doran finds? Yeah, thank you. Very good. Yeah, yeah. So that's then, and then it's a, it's a big issue, right? So it's discovered, right? We discover we have some kind of raw material of, of, of common, commonality, but that can be developed, and it's developed primarily through sharing. So in friendships, we, we share our time. So it's very difficult to be friends with someone that you don't ever spend time with. Like, I know in our culture, we've turned the word friend, not, it's not a noun, we've turned it into a verb, right? I'm going to friend you. Except that, that's not the friendship I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the two or 3,000 quote-unquote friends that you have on your social media account. I'm talking about um, this kind of close-knit relationship. And you can't have lots of those. That's why the few that you do have are so very, very important. They should be treasured. But again, we're, it's needed, it's discovered, but in the development we share. And one of the things we share is we share our time. We also share a, a sense of commitment to honesty, right? And this, this is kind of what differentiates an acquaintance kind of from a, a true friend. Because... Uh, friends kind of go through good times and bad times, high times and low times. And sometimes friends will hurt each other's feelings. And then they have to, you know, say I'm sorry, and they work through it, and they get over it. Because if we, if we part ways after the hurt feelings, then it, that's kind of either like a broken friendship, or it might speak to kind of a lack of depth in, in the beginning. And and all of us have this in, in different ways. Like, like we all do experience our own, our own frailties, our own finitude, our own brokenness. But with the grace of God, there is this kind of commitment, right, that can, and love that can kind of work through that. So we share our time. We share our honesty. We share our, our common affection. And this is, in a way, a sharing of our very selves, Right? We're kind of sharing our hearts with, with our friends, and particularly our spiritual friends, because our spiritual friends are not just the friends that we like to do things with. Not to say there's anything wrong with having a friend at church. I'm not saying, just to be clear here, I'm not saying none of you should be friends with anybody else in this room except for the fact that you come to church together. I'm not saying, saying that's the only thing we should share in common. But in a spiritual friendship, one thing you do share in common, right, is your commitment to the Lord. Again, like Woody and Buzz will share in common their commitment to, to Andy. And, and this, this is what we spoke about or we heard in the call to worship this morning from Ecclesiastes. Like, like we were made, again, to be with others. And the way two are stronger than one. That, that's just really good wisdom, that the, the way our life is made. And it's easy, especially as you get older, I would say, 
it's easy just to kind of, um, kind of do it yourself. Like you've been hurt sometimes, you've had too many broken relationships, and you think, well, I think I can just, I'm better off without others, right? And that's, I mean, I understand that. Don't, don't, don't mishear me. Um, but, but I think that God is actually calling us to something else. Like, I think he's calling us to kind of, to, if we've been disengaged, to re-engage, right? And, and to do, do so by um, kind of committing to uh, a, a few kind of close, close uh, friendships. Like we say, on the one hand, God is love, and that is true, and that we our very capacity to love is, is resting on the fact that God first loved us. We say other grandiose things. I like saying it. You know, you hear me say it all the time, right? That some have said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but Jesus calls us to love our enemies. Let me tell you something. That ain't easy. And no one just ups and starts loving their enemies. Like, that takes some practice. And one of the ways we practice is just practicing love in general. And part of the way we love in general is to love our friends. Like, you can't say you love God whom you haven't seen if you don't love your brother and sister who you have seen. I, I sometimes pose this question to my students at the college. It's a, it's a thought experiment. But I ask them, you know, is it possible to be a Christian alone on a deserted island? And I I always get a quick answer of yes. And because they're thinking about what it means to be Christian as some kind of forensic formula whereby you've worked out some kind of economy of exchange with God, right? You've sinned, but, but God has paid a price, and now you've confessed your sin, and so you're good to go, as if that's the, the end-all and be-all of what it means to be Christian. The problem with that is what it means to be Christian is to be like Christ, what it means to be Christian is to be shaped into the image of the one and only Savior. So therefore, essentially, I believe, what it means to be Christian is to love. And if you're alone on a deserted island, the question is, who are you loving? Who are you serving? So I think at the end of the day, the answer probably is yes. It is possible to be, to be a Christian deserted on an island, but only because even on an island, we can care for others and we can pray for others so that we're not only loving God and know that God is loving us, but we're also, I mean, it's a, not the best case scenario, right? But we're, we're also still outward facing, right? Concerned for the other. Because when we're inward facing, our egos either, they, they, they get fragile and they start to either fall apart or they go the other way and they get also fragile because they get inflated. Like, they're, they're precarious things, our egos. And, and love of other and, and commitment and service to the other, in particular, kind of worship of God, helps mitigate all that. Because coming back to, to um, I almost said Elrond. What's his name? Uh, Elrod. Elrod of Revo. <laughs> there you go. 
He's the, he's the guy who coined the phrase spiritual friendship. He said this. He's like, if you love a friend for what they give you, you're not actually loving the friend. You're loving yourself. Right? You're loving them because they, they're smart and you can get information from them. Or you're loving them because they're entertaining and they entertain you. You're kind of loving them because they love you. Like, like it, 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 um, it puffs up your ego or strokes your ego, right? And he says that's, that's not real friendship, right? To be, to be a real friend is to love the other. And that is Spiritual friendship. And I, I think that's true. So just quick review then. Spiritual friendships are needed because we are created for community. Spiritual friendships are discovered, right? We find them um, because we find folks who have a shared interest, in particular, a shared interest in, in loving God or God's people or God's community, God's world, um, a friend of mine passed away this week, and um, I, I kind of consider myself a nature lover, uh, or at least a, one who cares for the environment. You know, I grew up in the mountains, although I had a lot of allergies and stuff, so I had to stay inside a lot. But I did, I do love it, right? I love the mountains. I, I love to see the sunset at the ocean. I love waterfalls. You know, I love going on a hike. And there's probably not been no one that I know in my life who I have heard more consistently both pray for the care of creation and also act in the care of creation. Like if there was ever a hardcore recyclist, recyclist? One who recycles? Um, it was my friend John. Like he knew so much about recycling. He knew what you could recycle, what you couldn't, what you had to clean out, had you do it this way or that way. And he wanted to know if I was recycling. And we, we were in a group, we, we prayed together and, and received communion together every Wednesday night. And he would, he would often ask me, I mean, he, he was a little blunt, like, you know, are you recycling? He also wanted to know if I was voting. That was another passion of his. But, but you know, praying for and caring for people who um, suffer because of, you know, changes in the environment. That, that was something that he... Um, and I shared, and it's something that he kind of exhibited for me, right? I feel like I'm, I'm better at that now because of John's presence in my life. So friendships are needed. Friendships are discovered. Friendships are developed. They do take time. They take care. Um, they take um, some consistency. Um, they take some humility and some some forgiveness, and some latitude. And then lastly, and this is key particularly about spiritual friendships, is spiritual friendships are forever. Like, death itself is going to die one day. Like, the wages of sin is death. But Jesus has died to overcome sin. So that now, not only is sin going to cease to be, but death itself will cease to be. So the friendships, the spiritual friendships that we make, will, will last forever. Forever and ever. And that's, that's a beautiful thing. And even when we come to the end, and maybe especially when we come to the end, and 
this week, you know, when you, when you experience the passing of someone you care for, you, you, get a, you get, I don't know, a more sense of awareness of what that's like, right? That, that this has, uh, this, this is meaningful. There's this beautiful part in the, um, the Book of Common Prayer that talks about the, the liturgy of a funeral, and it says it is an Easter liturgy. That is, a funeral is, an, is like an Easter worship service because we believe in the resurrection. And so that the funeral is not about an end. Now, it takes seriously the fact that we sorrow and that that's legitimate. Like, it's not unchristian to, to be sorrowful or to feel the loss or to feel the pain. Of, of, of someone who's passed or even to feel the pain of a, a relationship that's, that's fractured, right? That's, that's, that's human. But we, we trust, right, in a God who's going to make all things new. Like even, even when we face the end, and maybe especially when we face the end, that sense of friendship is realized, uh, just one last point here on how sure I am that spiritual friendships last forever because it's rooted again in God. Like, the reason it works at all is because God is love and God loves us. So much so that he sent his son so that whoever believes in him shall have everlasting life. And God sends his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to, to save it. And that now we have been given this kind of gift, both of a friendship with God, right? Jesus will say to his disciples, I call you friends. But that we too can be friends to one another in kind of Christian communion and Christian fellowship. And, and even in our close close spiritual friendships. The reason I know, without a doubt, that spiritual friendships will last forever is not just kind of forward-facing, but also backward-facing. Because before time itself existed, before there was creation, before there was space and matter and time, when there was only God, there was Father, Son, and Spirit. And the Father loved the Son. And the Son loved the Father. And they both loved the Spirit, and the Spirit loved both the Son and Father. So that love and, catch this, uh, relationship, which is just another word for friendship, right, has always been. God didn't have to create something in order to love it. God, has, God is love. We hope you were blessed by today's podcast. If you liked what you heard and want to support us, you can do so by subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can leave us a review on iTunes, and if you want to contribute to Oasis financially, you can go to oasischurch.org. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace. Amen.